Sommelier Podcast. My name is Liz, and I am your host and weed sommelier. I review strains, recommend things to munch on, and talk to guests about their history with weed. I've been a consumer for eight years, and I'm located in southern Maine, where it is legal medically and recreationally. This week, um, we've been in a bit of a crunch, and that crunch has made me get more than more than a little bit creative with uh, the topics to record. So in lieu of a traditional episode, we're going to do something a little different this week. For instance, the first thing we did differently is we smoked before, um, so we're gonna we're not gonna have a smoke break in this episode. Um, I'm also I'm also joined by Dylan. Say hi, yeah, Dylan. That's me. I'm Dylan. What's up? Yeah. All right. Um, you want to share like one word about you as a weed consumer? What word would describe you? You know, just briefly. One word. Uh, committed. Committed. Cause I uh, I'll do whatever it takes to get my fix. I mean. Well, okay, when you put it that way, that doesn't sound so good. But, no, you know, I'm serious about weed. I uh, I like to smoke it. I like to vape it. I like to dab it. Do you like to rub it on your skin? I do not actually do that. I'm not, I'm, I don't really think that works very well. Oh, well, I think it smells nice. And, you know, if it smells nice and moisturizes my skin, you know, why not? Um, <laughs> anyway, would you like to know about this week's weed product? Yeah, tell me all about it. All right, so this week we are smoking... Ghost in the Glass, well actually we're vaping this week, I should have been saying that the whole time, but this week we uh, vaped Lightning Blade Diamonds um, by Ghost in the Glass. Oh, we didn't vape it, we dabbed it. We dabbed it? Let's do a dab rig. Well, doesn't it vaporize it? Isn't that what What, vape's short for? Well, yeah, but when you say you vaped it, it sounds like you put it in a vaporizer. Okay, so what... what what, I would say we dabbed it. We dabbed it. But then in my head, it's like the, the dance move. Well, we also did that. Yeah, okay, well... Moving on. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're going to talk about it now and the flavor profile and whatnot um, because the audio you're going to hear after the ad break, um, we recorded a couple days ago and my power went out because that's been happening now. Um, thank you, November in southern Maine. Um, it's no one's fault but my own. Um, so uh, we, we just kind of sat around and talked about you know potential ideas Um Around a subject that I think is particularly interesting, the uh, you'll you'll hear about it in the second half of the episode. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but uh, we just uh, you know uh, played around on an idea like, what if there was an object that was somewhere there that it wasn't supposed to be? Let's talk about the munch for the week. Yeah. What have you been munching on? Oh, we're we gonna talk about the charcuterie wait, wait, board. Oh, the charcuterie board. Wait, wait a. What? <laughs> I was, okay, you caught me off guard there a little bit. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> what have I been munching on? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been. Uh, Besides eat- <laughs> what we just what we just had, so I can talk about it for the featured munch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of the little tubs of seafood salad and chicken salad and egg salad and whatnot you can get at Hannaford. And you just get some rolls and some spinach, and you just have a bunch of sandwiches just ready to be made for uh, convenient on-the-go eating. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's good stuff. On-the-go from the kitchen to the living room? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. To, to, from the porch to the mailbox, uh, you know, just you know, short little distances like that. Um... Make sure to get the right kind of buns, though. Oh my gosh, I went to Hannaford. They had they only had Frankfurter buns. They had absolutely no hot dog buns, save for this one brand that seemed, you know, it was not they, the kind I would normally get. Every end. single, almost every single one of those hot dog buns was cut incorrectly. 
Yeah, bummer. Maybe we're in the hot dog bun shortage also. Um, oh, to talk about the <laughs> diamonds we just dabbed. Did I do that correctly yeah. that time? Thank you. You can also just say smoke. <sighs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, very, very much like when I opened it for the first time to smell it, um, it's really, really pleasant to smell. And in that regard, like if, if I smelled like this after I smoked it, I really wouldn't mind. It's very much a lemon drop flavor. Um, strongly lemon, very sweet. Um, Dylan picked up notes of a... Okay, it looked like I wrote front gate pine, but I think I meant fragrant pine. <laughs> yeah, it was very fragrant, uh, very pungent piney aroma to me. Mm -hmm. um, but the taste was a lot different. It tasted very peachy. Yeah, I, I agree. It was like biting, honestly, kind of like an underripe peach, you know, like a stiff one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was very sweet. I, I wrote down that it has almost a, like, it smells almost edible. Like, when you sniff it, if, like, if this weren't a soap you were smelling, it'd be a candy. And it just, it smells really appetizing. Um, and it made me uh, think diamonds are my favorite way to do dabs. Like, I have, I've tried sauce, I've tried reclaim, I've tried, um... Keith? Rosin. Rosin. Yes, not Keith. Sorry, I was like, oh, you probably shouldn't. Batter and wax and shatter. Okay, well, I haven't had, you know, some of those, but I, I think diamonds are my favorite. I really enjoy these, and I, I wicked recommend them. All right. Uh, I also, for some, I had a misconceived notion that the, like, the little rocks on the inside would be very hard. Um, and they were, but, like, they, they, they gave to, under a surprising amount of pressure, and I thought, like, I had destroyed one, like... I thought you were supposed to smoke them in, like, their whole diamond form. I mean, you can. But, yeah, you can just break them into pieces, too. I think it's probably more aesthetically appealing to, to get, like, one really nice one and have it, like, shining on. It looked like a jewel at the end of your um, dab tool, honestly. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. All right. Oh, we n I never talked about the featured munch of the week. I apologize. Um, this week's featured munch, I'm going to call it a charcuterie board. Um... You know, it's kind of, I wouldn't say half-assed, it's definitely thrown together with the, you know, most available ingredients we had. We, we, you had three different kinds of salami on there and prosciutto, and we had, we had, well, Grapes, we had cherry tomatoes, or no, grape tomatoes. Yep. We had, um, three different kinds of cracker. We had the nut thins, good old whole wheat rips, and some pita chips. And then, uh, we Brie. had brie, uh, some nice herb cheese that tasted like garlic bread. Oh, that was the, um, I want to say pub cheese? Pub cheese. Yeah. Uh, we had the extra super sharp cheddar. That was very good. Sorry, it was that triple X super sharp cheddar from Yancey's Fancy. And, uh, the Colby Jack, otherwise known as cow cheese. Yeah, my family, that's the word for this week, I guess, is cow cheese. Has nothing to do with weed, um, but cow cheese is the cheese that, you know, I mean, I guess all ch most cheese is cow cheese, I should say, but like it looks like a cow on the outside. How there's like white and yellow, um, and that's just what my mom called it growing up. And so that's the that's like if I had to ask someone at the deli, I would say cow cheese out loud. But I, I do understand that's kind of a silly phrase. Yeah, and we can't forget the honey. Oh yeah, we picked up some spicy honey, um, which I it tasted like honey, but like the heat was a uh, the heat was potent, and it was really like. We had the, I had sharpness from the olives, and I had, you know, the creaminess of the cheese and the saltiness of the cracker. And that honey, like that little bit of spice, delicious. Yeah, uh, the spicy honey uh, went really good with the, the meats, too, I found. And we also had some nice raw buckwheat honey. 
That's right, that we picked up at a fair. It's very ago. flavorful. It's like thick molassesy flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could, man, I could imagine myself like my my favorite part of my old job was making the um like the platters like the charcuterie boards and whatnot. Um, I just love lining up and like it's like flower arranging, but if it were edible, like an edible flower arrangement. Yeah. Shit, I wish you could take that class at the adult education center. All right. Um, with that done, I, I will remind uh, folks that listen to the rest of this episode that uh, that's that's us rambling about uh, an idea we had about a truck stuck in a tree. People that listened this far, you deserve to know what the next part is about. Um, you'll hear some ads in the, the next half um, and also the Weed Word of the Week. Uh, have a good one. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. The weed word for this week was submitted by Lacey. The weed word is gondola, which is what happens when you hotbox a gondola. As in, Kenny Chesney, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Joan of Arc, and I are going to turn this gondola into a gondola. An announcement for the month of November. Tickets are now on sale for Independent Diamond Brokers Holiday Social, $50 for general admission and $75 for a VIP ticket, which includes both a swag bag and a t-shirt. There will be good food, great people, live entertainment, and a silent auction benefiting the Maine Cannabis Coalition. The event is open to cannabis industry professionals as well as their guests, growers, processors, retailers, medical professionals, what have you. The event takes place on December 2nd at DeMilo's in Portland. I will be there. You could be there. Imagine the possibilities. Um, Dylan and I were hanging out by the beach earlier. What is it, November 12th, 2021? Do you think so? Okay. Okay. Um, the power's been out for a while. Dylan and I are just hanging around. Um, and we went to the beach and we both had this really good idea together um, about, like... Dylan brought it up first. He was talking about driving a car on the beach. And then I had the idea, like, what if a car got stuck somewhere it shouldn't be? So, general idea, like, you know, a car gets stuck somewhere. Initially, I thought, like, it could get stuck on the jetty and then, you know, be in dry land. And then I thought, you know, it'd be even cooler to have one stuck in a tree in, like, a forest somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that was your idea. My idea was, um... It went along the lines of a story, an anthology throughout the years, a focus on a truck off-road vehicle that some kid in the 60s, early 60s, uh, got stuck on the rocks and decided to just abandon. Like, it was an old beater anyway. And he just just left it there. He was like, you know what, maybe I'll get it back tomorrow, maybe I won't. And... You know, long story short, it gets it gets left there, mm-hmm. and it just follows everything that happens to a truck from, you know, kids hanging out in it and passing around joints to, you know, lovers, you know, uh, putting their arm around each other for the first time to uh, <laughs> le- less savory pursuits such as, you know, drug abuse and violence, and uh, it follows the truck from... A fairly decent 60s beater to a broken down wreck to a burnt out husk to uh, cover 
cover from combat for uh, future inhabitants of a post-apocalyptic society. And basically, it's just, it starts in the 60s and ends in, like, yeah, it starts in, like, 1961, ends in, like, or, no, probably, like, more like 1969. Mm-hmm. And then ends in, like, you know, the year 2200 or whatnot. And there, there'll be a shift in the story from when everything was good to when things started to go bad. And then, you know, a redemption at the end. Like, some kind of... Like, the, the truck was, that was the purpose for the truck. Yeah, some kind of critical you know, big defining moment that had the truck not been there, things would have been very different. Yeah. And it's a part of the story, and it's it's its own character, right? I, yep, yep. It's its own character. Yeah, I agree. I don't... Liz is smoking spice. So sue me. <laughs> um, but I was thinking, like, no, I don't... Okay, so I'm thinking definitely small town in the 60s in some place. I'm, I'm really thinking a forest. I'm not particularly attached to any, like any vehicle in particular, but I do... What's, what's like, a really sturdy, like, a, well, a truck? Well, when you said truck, I was thinking the only kind of truck that could would be small enough to get stuck in a tree and stay there for a while would just be something something small and light. Either, like, a small, light truck from, like, the 80s or 90s, or, like, a classic truck back from when they were all really small. See, from, that's... like, in the 40s or 50s. See, that's what I was thinking. Like, I want something that's big and heavy and not likely... It's, like, it's gonna be sturdy and stay up for a really long time. Um, and I'm thinking, like, the circumstances... Like, how would this, this vehicle get in a tree? I'm thinking some... I don't know, an idiot named Billy. Like, this was his his car like he he fucking drove it over that hill and launched it at such an angle that it landed perfectly perfectly in the tree and then he climbed out and you know uh there's no way that fucking happened to me and sure enough a day later like he can see like the red of the truck poking through the trees and like if you if you knew where to look for it you could find it um however during the fall like people really notice but um uh, main characters are like the owner of the trucks like you know I'm gonna go back and get it and like it was a miracle I survived that fucking accident because it could have landed on the roof and killed me and you know what he dies like you know a couple days before he's supposed to like go and, and get it out um, you know in, a, in like a completely unrelated funny accident somehow and uh, I'm thinking like they leave the they leave the vehicle up in the tree as a memorial um, you know because word gets around and then people start like someone notices like well hey it's really easy to get into and so then it becomes a spot for the local teens to hang out in and the battery is still going um i I don't know if they have any extended cab trucks back in the 60s but i'm imagining like you could fit a good couple of teenagers in here even if it was just like on the bench seat or if they were hanging out in the back on the bed that's true i imagine there'd be like it's the, the patio area i guess where you can sit and watch you know what if what if there was like an old timey theater, and uh, like you could you could watch the um like in like a drive in you could just oh, watch yeah. the uh, from there but you could you know mind your own dialogue um and then you know as years pass like it gets torn down and now all you see is like a fucking apartment building. Um, see, I was thinking, there's um there's not a whole lot of trees that are strong enough to support like a truck for a long time. So I was thinking this would have to be like in the Pacific Northwest with those big giant yep. fucking trees. Yep. And I was thinking the truck I was picturing is like an 80s like Toyota like single cab short bed like little truck. Yeah. And just some guy was um like he was dry he was crawling it up 
a mountain, mm-hmm. right? I'm also a baby. Driving it real slow, and <clears throat> he, like, something broke or whatever. It failed, and it rolled, started rolling backwards, uncontrolled, down the mountain, right? And as it started rolling, he realized he was going to go off the mountain, so he dives out of the truck, right? And <clears throat> as it rolls, it ramps off of a cliff and plunges a couple hundred feet into the tree canopy below. Like these big redwood fucking sequoia cloud forest deciduous. Motherfuckers, yeah, I agree. Big motherfuckers. Big woody bastards. And, like, he just watches the truck fall through the canopy and he's like, well, shit, I'm not getting that back. And he looks for it for a while and he can't find a landing spot and he never thinks to look up. I like that. The truck goes undiscovered for a, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Until, until the season, yeah, until the season changes. I don't know if redwoods leave their leaves or not, but those uh, would be some big fucking leaves, I imagine. But yeah, and then people finally notice it's in like a protected forest, so they're not gonna get cut down. But like some hiker notices, like there's a fucking truck in that tree, and like you know, it's it's fall it's falling off a cliff and landing in a tree. It's like smashed up, but it's still intact. Mm-hmm. Like it's still kind of in one piece. It's just a little bent up. Uh, and then, well, I guess it would be less accessible if it was up in a redwood. Mm, but yes. it becomes, like, a, the challenge spot for, like, yeah. people who are really into climbing trees and shit. It's just a cool place to take pictures. Like, like a geocache location? Yeah, like, it's it's a place that, in theory, anyone can go climb to, but it's not somewhere you can just casually go up and see. And so maybe it stays intact for a while longer. It's just this, like, all these climbers have this, you know, kind of respect for it. They don't really... I agree. Mm. But that was, that was, that's kind of a different story. No, I understand. I really appreciate that take, though. But, um, so, in my opinion, like, the truck wouldn't be smashed at all. It'd be, like, miraculous how well it's preserved. Like, the only, the only dent in there is the bumper, and he did that a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, um, just completely unrelated, nestled perfectly in the tree. I guess this would be something, you're more, like, Realistic. as opposed to, yeah. like, whimsical realism, um. Yeah, Yeah, and so I think, like, we talked about this earlier on the beach. There's going to be eras for for this vehicle. There's the golden era where the battery still works. All the windows are functional. I'm imagining it's like those old-timey crank windows. Uh Um, It'd have to be functional. Um, You know, the seats aren't ripped. All the seatbelts are in good condition. Um, You know, and then, you know, there's, like, a couple, like, romances, some very positive things that happen. Um, And then, you know, the window gets smashed. Like... Just like or, or like the the uh, rear view mirror comes off or something small and innocuous, and then all of a sudden people are you know carving their names into the seats and uh, like drawing stuff all over it, and it's just it's not it's just it's not as classy as a place as it was before, and that like symbolizes like an era has changed in the real world, like going you know from sock hops and soda parlors to you know rock and roll and leather jackets and you know what. Yeah. Ooh, it, it makes the news when um, a guy, an addict down on his luck, um, tries to, like, pull the engine out or cut off the catalytic yeah. converter or something and falls out of a tree and dies or gets paralyzed or something. And that begins the many string of deaths that happen in this car, and it stops being a place <laughs> where cool people hang out. Now there's, there's all these calls to cut the tree down and take it, and it's... It's, like, on private land, and there's all this land ownership dispute, and no one really knows what exactly. to do with it. And yeah. 
I'm imagining this is like a red and white truck, like something that'd be very out of place. Like a like a giant child just kind of dropped it and forgot about it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, there's like the, the miserable era. Um, and, you know, like things are changing and like the only people that like, because, you know, you, people stay away from it and like something happens and, you know, it stops being a good place. Like one of the seatbelts gets ripped off and used as like, like you know just very people are picking and taking things from this car now um like i imagine birds would come in and take um you know little little pieces of like the fluff from the the seats and whatnot um like someone shit in the glove box uh a squirrel would fucking animals would pile up nuts in the corner i feel like i feel like people would steal the wheels from shit i was gonna say yeah and maybe maybe that's how it starts out like you know those are brand new tires like and so someone's like you know what I'm going to take those. Like, kind of like the giving tree, you know, but the giving truck. <laughs> the giving truck. <laughs> yeah, um, eventually it's just kind of like a, uh, kind of a husk. Mm-hmm. I imagine, like, teenagers, you know, when it's, like, a, a really rough place before it gets scary rough, you know, like, the kind of place you'd go to, like, like, go hang out with your friends because it's cool and kind of, you know, trendy. Um, and not until like, it gets fucking, you know, dangerous with people that are... It's the place where your parents tell you, don't be going hanging out with kids up at that truck. There's nothing but trouble <laughs> up at that truck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because um, they remember when they were kids and they and were they, fucking making out in the truck. Making and, those kids in that truck. Yeah. And now people are just, like, getting into fucking fist fights and, like, drinking alcohol. Yeah, and, and it becomes... This yeah. is, yeah, the very just beginning of the... The, the rough times yeah and i think before people are dying yes exactly um and so it's just kind of a rowdy place like the exciting place to go to and then i assume some cultural event happens you know outside of the world like fuck nixon or kennedy like you know something like a big like a big global event that changes everyone's minds and they all forget about it for a little while and the only people that still know about it are like um, like really local people like yes exactly and people someone who that like, are, lives down the street like who always walks to it and like yeah who uh, like uh, like they're the main character or something like someone who like grows up like that. In my opinion, the truck. Is well, the yeah, main they're character. the main character, but like, just like the recurring because there has to be you know a human obviously they mm-hmm. can't just be about the truck. Exactly. Yeah, but, but I think, um, like I think at one point like a teenager cuts like the the belt out to make a like a seat like a like a belt for his pants like the seat belt, um, and like. I don't know, maybe it becomes, like, a dare to go up there and carve your sweetheart's name in the roof or, like, in the, just on, on a part of the truck. Um, yeah. Someone takes the gas out. Um, tires someone, get stolen. Someone, um, yeah, someone worms their way under the truck and, like, tries to rig up a... Someone, like, knocks a hole in the gas tank and tries to drain the gas, but all it does is, is yep. leave this perfect stain underneath the, the tree and underneath the truck of dead grass. Like a, just, yeah. That becomes a feature. Yeah, and that becomes, like, the first sign of bad luck. I really like that. I and hope like, I'm recording, because this is good stuff. Please continue. Yeah, and there's, like, it eventually just develops this little oil leak. So every once in a while, you can see just a little drop of oil that comes from the oil pan. Yeah, and ruining There's people's... just this little black patch down in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I agree with that a lot. And so that's, like, the, the punk era. And then there comes, like, the... Like, you know, the winter time of this truck's life. Yeah, when, I, like, I like the idea of it going in and out of, like, as things happen in the world, it just going in and out of focus. Like, there's just times where, mm-hmm. like, maybe there's, like, whole months where just no one goes to the truck. No one yeah. touches it. Yeah, and I imagine there's, like, maybe a little kid that, like, well, so during the, like, the awful era, um, 
like after that there's like i don't want to say junkies living in there but people that are like like homeless people that you know aren't exactly you know mentally correct because they're hanging out in a tree and thinking this is okay and i think maybe at one point the the person the the, the drifter that's living in the tree people start seeing him as like an oracle or uh, not people, but, you know, just, like, the teenagers in town or, like, the young kids that'll shout questions up, and if you throw a sandwich up there, you'll get an answer. <laughs> like, just, just stuff like that, or if you empty his poop bucket. Um, you know, and, like, like I like the idea of someone moving into the truck for a while, um, and then, I don't know, they just leave, um, and maybe they take a seat with them or something, or the steering wheel, or the keys. Maybe they take the keys to the car with them. What, what do you think happens to the keys? I, they're, they're definitely there in the early years um, so that they could turn the radio on and whatnot. Hmm. What do you... I imagine it would be really tempting to steal the keys, but it's also like a code of honor. Like, nah, man, you don't take the keys. Hmm. See, I was thinking earlier about some kind of plot point where, like, the owner doesn't die, but, like, something... Like, he gets called to military service or something, and he's gone yeah, for, yep. like, years. Um, and, like, while he's gone, like, there's family turmoil, and, mm-hmm. like, his family moves states and stuff, and so he comes back to the military, and there's all this upheaval, and he yeah. can't really go back to the truck. But he left something in the glove box. Ooh. The locked glove box. Ooh. And he has the keys to it. Like... So that I know that would kind of fuck with the yeah I know I'm gonna keep going able to use the radio and whatnot but mm-hmm. um, maybe they they hotwired it and figured out how to turn the radio on without the keys. Yeah, and I'm sure in old vehicles like that, you could probably just stick a fucking screwdriver into the yeah that's a that's a great point <laughs> and just uh, click on the accessories. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I just some plot point where eventually after all this time, this guy finally makes it back to the truck and gets. Either fucking, he gets in it and he puts the key in it and it just cranks right over and starts. He's like, fuck yeah, built Ford tough. And then <laughs> credits roll. But, yeah. no, um, he cranks it over and, like, it still fucking runs. Um, and he opens the glove box and it hasn't been opened. There's still the same three hairs he stuck in the lock. Oh, yeah. Before he left. Mm-hmm. And there, sitting in the glove box, is his... Roadmaps. Plot point at some point. Yo, like the red, the fucking... uh, Something that makes sense for his character that's not developed yet. What if as soon as he opens the glove box, the balance in the tree is shifted and suddenly, like, it just crashes to the ground and, like, completely crumples? Well, no. Yeah, it just flips over upside down and fucking crashes down. Well, not to be, like, horrible, but just so we never find out what's in the the glove box. But I think it'd be funny if it was, like, like a six-pack that he had in there and he fucking turns the light on and takes a sip and just kind of watches. It's still good after, like, 15 years. Yeah, he watches the sunrise or something, and, like, I don't know. He puts it in drive and just drives out of the tree and drives off. And the truck <laughs> just, is still perfectly fine. You could have, like, a grease ending where he just fucking cranks it over and drives off into the sky with no fucking explanation whatsoever. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my gosh, that'd be one way to end it. But, um, oh, so after the, dare, like, the, after the, like, the bad years, there go the derelict years, where the only thing living in it are animals, because there's all these broken windows, um, you know, yeah, maybe like, there's been a development in the, the, the town or the neighborhood that people don't come this way anymore, like, maybe it's behind, like, a... 
Yeah, like, there's, it gets, vehicles get to a point of decay where there's nothing soft left in them. Mm -hmm. Like, the seat is just bare springs. Mm -hmm. Um, the headliner has fallen down. Mm, yep. Um. And there are spiders. All and the leather is peeled back. Um. There's a family of animals living there. Yeah, all, any rubber parts have deteriorated. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a big metal shell. And, like, at some point, it has to catch fire. Yeah, it oh, just has oh, to I catch fire and be burnt. I have plans for that. Um, and so the derelict years, and that can go on for pretty, like, an indefinite amount of time, however long you want this car to sit and rot for um, in the story. So it could be 10 to 20 years. I have no no idea how, how the car would, you know, be standing after that. But I imagine, like, the like like once uh, people that don't have, um, you know, like, not, I don't want to say scrupules, but... People come and, like, take parts off of it, like we talked about, like, a giving tree moment yeah. earlier, and, like, the bumper's gone, um, there's just significant parts anymore, like, this, another seatbelt goes missing. Um, I had an idea, like, what if the original owner comes back, um, and he accidentally, like, he's very drunk, climbs the tree, like, you know, tries to put his seatbelt on, but ends up wrapping it around his neck, and, uh, you know, he <laughs> falls out of the tree and breaks right. his neck and is just left there hanging. I think that's a powerful image about drunk driving. Um, but I, I understand that, you know, it'd be pretty upsetting, but, and, like, I think they he take- climbs the tree drunk? Yes. <laughs> yes, because his six-pack is in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, see, that's how we could, you know, make those things come together. And then he leaves the keys. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll hash this out in, uh, in the editing part, but, uh, I like the idea of, like, parts of the car going missing so people don't really even recognize it anymore. It stops looking like a truck and starts looking like, um, something time forgot, I guess. Um, yeah, see that that's where in mind like where you get to fucking a couple hundred years in the future mm -hmm. where like things like things like are like at this point people have begun to rebuild like people have held on to the knowledge of how to make these things mm -hmm. and people have begun to cobble together their own vehicles and stuff but you know there's no manufactured fucking cars and stuff anymore yeah. and like they certainly don't look like 70 1970s trucks or whatever mm -hmm. and just um yeah it's just this weird symbol of like no one really quite understands why it would be like people just debate like why did they put it in a tree be like did they lift it up there did it fall from the fucking sky did maybe the, did the tree grow up underneath it like has good... it been there that long maybe they got rid of the original road and built a highway like the you know backcountry road that this person was driving down and they launched their truck off of it Oh, I, this whole time, I've been picturing it far away from any roads. Like, this person was just dicking around in the fields. Oh, like, I can, no, in my opinion, it's, like, on the, like, just, like, the, it's, like, a gateway between, you know, town and, like, the wild and whatnot. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, like, a, a liminal space. And I, I just, the, like, the Thelma and Louise-esque image of, like, launching a car and just it, you know, it landing perfectly like you know Thelma and Louise I think they just like cut it out like the car going over and so that way it's not a fiery explosion of you know your two main characters but man I think I don't know how I think maybe some point someone could like try to take it down but like uh, you know a couple this is the derelict years and later like you know like a branch has grown through and like it's like oh the truck really wants to stay here um hmm. and whatnot and people, you know, carve their names into the tree and into the truck. Um, I I don't know how to end it though. Like I think, I think maybe maybe not quite a hundred years, but maybe like like thirty twenty like a significant amount of time since the truck like you know was like came into the tree originally, so that 
you know, it's pretty rare that those cars are even on the road, um, and people don't really recognize it, and I think it'd be cool to have, like, some kind of fight scene during a thunderstorm, um, where the truck gets struck by lightning and then falls out of a tree in a big ball of fire to squish the main bad guy. That was my idea. That was your idea, but did you have, you know, the truck getting struck by lightning and all the lights turning on, like... All the lights turning on. No. Yeah. Well... Maybe the light bulb, maybe, maybe the, you know, the... If, oh, if the lightning had, if the lightning struck the truck, <coughs> mm-hmm. any, any flashing from the truck's electronics would be obscured by the, you know, lightning bolt. Okay, but this is whimsical realism. You understand? Also, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But... It's a no, small I... bolt of lightning on a big fucking Ford truck. Yeah, so I was thinking mo- mostly along the same lines, but... Yeah. I mean, we could go, like, like an epilogue, like, really deep into the future and have, like, an Ozymandias-type thing, like, like, there's this whole forest where, like, you know, the, everything's kind of dead, and then you see this truck finally on the ground, um, and it's just, like... Yeah, like, the tree dies, mm-hmm. and just eventually just kind of, like, it's rotting from the inside, and then the wind just gently blows it over, and it lands on the, to ground. the ground, yeah. and the truck lands on its wheels and crushes him. Yeah, well, it doesn't have wheels at this point, I imagine. I imagine oh, yeah. the, the tires were stolen quite some time ago. So, yeah, it's it's like a derelict, and it hits the <laughs> ground with a big crunch of metal, mm-hmm. the sound of which has not been heard for a very long time yeah. on this earth. And Nothing besides this remains. And, yeah, it's just an artifact of time gone by. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the truck hitting the ground is a really crucial moment. Um, maybe like it could just end there. I'm, I'm thinking this could be like a, like an animated thing or like a, a movie. Like it's definitely definitely has some meat to it and some lettuce and tomatoes and mayonnaise and a bunny. If you know what I mean. <laughs> maybe not sesame seeds, but you know, the actors will add the sesame seeds. The seed. The seed. Anyway, um, wow. I think. Besides little deta- uh, little details, I think that's, like, the meat and bones of it. I just want it to, like, go out in a real blaze of glory like it should have initially. You know, like it should have. Like, you know, through through some twist of fate, this tree reached out and caught it before it hit the ground. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, this uh, life, this truck's life was extended by the fact that this tree was there. Um, maybe someone chopping this tree down could get crushed by it. Um, we a message about the inevitability of love right because nothing no force on earth no and no no amount of time could just keep the tracks from going yeah where it belonged where it wanted to be H- how do you fit love in there i don't know you make it a happy love story <laughs> okay a know. love story between the truck and the ground yeah <laughs> and well like uh, well, no, the truck, the truck in the ground is just a metaphor for love. For <laughs> They're not actually in love. Well, okay, because this is, you know, this is if it's a whole story, obviously there's going to be other characters, and there's got to be some kind of love interest. Well, see, I was thinking like it'd be kind of like a like like a no dialogue kind of story where it's everything is just told in um a certain kind of perspective. I can't remember it right off the top of my head. Like, uh, I guess I'm thinking of this as a book. Yeah. I don't know if it has book potential. Maybe if, like, this whole backstory we've been talking about was spread throughout a series, I think that'd be a really fun... Like, the last book, like, the the main character is at this, you know, standoff during this lightning storm, 
I think that would be a really satisfying conclusion. Yeah, like I said, have it as a background element in some bigger story. But then I have to write the bigger story. Wow, Liz, are you sure you want to smoke that much crack tonight? Excuse me? Well, because cause it's a joke because all you can hear on the recording is a fourth grade. Yeah, yeah. I No, I got that. Um, yeah, anyway, thank you for listening. This has been... <laughs> um, yeah, little details. Maybe, maybe like the mud flaps have a naked woman on them. I'm still trying to think about what's going to be in that goddamn glove box. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't think that's crucial. I think the, yeah, I think it's just fucking icing on the cake. Maybe when it lands on the ground, the glove box pops open. And maybe there's a picture of, like, you know, the owner of the truck and his sweetheart inside, untouched by time. Huh. Something like that. Or, like, or a six pack. I, th- I still think a six pack would be pretty fucking funny. Or, um, it could be, like, the reason it got stuck, the reason it, there was such a violent fucking, it flew into the air and got stuck was because the driver was running from the cops. Yeah, and, and there could they were, be. had their loot in the fucking glove box. Yeah, and like a defunct currency by this point. Or if someone opens it up and it's just one gold bar. Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh well, shit. F- fucking throws it over behind their shoulder to grab something that's like, they, uh, like they a grab, bottle cap or something like no, they, ooh, rare metal. They grab the fucking owner's manual and they'd be like, forbidden knowledge. <laughs> An- ancient texts. <laughs> they should look they're just looking at it and be like <laughs> This ancient life form. They open it they open the back page and it's like mm-hmm. for technical support in Europe, call this number and write this address. And they're mm-hmm. like, like, they're like The holy me. texts. <laughs> And then, you know, what the if... The sacred word. You know, what if a story starts there about this fucking derelict car and, like, people opening it, and then, you know, you go back to the beginning of how it got there. You could tell this the story in a couple different orders. There's this post-apocalyptic church, mm-hmm. and this guy holds up the fucking ancient owner's manual from the 70s, like, Ford truck, and it's like... Like, like everyone has little copies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the original sacred text. Everyone has their copies of the manual, and they're like, all right, turn to fucking, ch- uh, you know, chapter 8, section 16, and it's like, um... Yep. <laughs> Change your oil every and, certain miles. And Ford said, if the engine doesn't start in cold weather, like, <laughs> try heating up the engine block. I don't know, like, yeah, just random bullshit like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Because, like... Yeah, see, this is, this is the sequel, the the unofficial sequel. The that, epilogue. Yeah, this is the Star Wars Christmas special, um, where there's just, I think it'd be funny if the car rotted down so completely they could just know, no clue what it was, it was this weird thing, and like, you pan over and there's like, like the, like what, the, the carcass of the truck that they found on the wall and it looks like it's Jesus on the cross or something like that, I, maybe that's taking it too far. Like, it's just, you know, like, the because it's a truck shape, it's, it's, you know, longer than it is wide, so I imagine, like, what if, what if the back wheels broke off and it was just the front wheels and fucking, I don't know. Remember uh, that time we put googly eyes on weed and made a joint crucifix and called it Weed Jesus? Weedus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, in the, just this reminded me of, um, in the video game, uh, Metro 2033, it takes place in, um, 
uh, Russia after nuclear war, where uh, everyone's been living in the metros mm-hmm. for like decades or whatever, and the subways still work like some of them, mm-hmm. um, and there's like navigable like tr- tunnels and stuff. And one of the characters is like, you know, the next generation, our children, isn't gonna know how these work, mm-hmm. and like isn't gonna be able to maintain them. And their children are going to think these were built by the gods. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really interesting thing to think about. Like, I agree. All it would take is, like, one generation where people can't focus on mm-hmm. knowledge and whatnot. Like, people where every, ages, yeah. everyone on Earth just has to fight to survive. Like, mm-hmm. we would lose just so much knowledge and so much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just so many gener. It would be so easy to lose generations of progress. I think... If this were a movie, I think like the mid credit sequence would be you know back in the um, mid credits. Yeah, you know, cooler than post credits. You know, maybe that leaves us room for you know a, another post credit scene. But like, I'm just imagining like some some guys telling a story and it's focused on him panning like you know um like the the, the camera's focused on him and him gesturing with his beer and he's leaning against something. Um, and as he's telling the story, it zooms out. And the story he's telling is a joke that one of my friends in college told me, um, which was the three dudes are riding in a car that breaks down in the desert. Um, the they, they have to go walk to shelter, right? Um, so the first guy, he grabs, you know, water because it's a hot day. Um, and he asks the second guy, hey, what did you grab? Um, and the second guy says, well, I grabbed some granola bars because that's, you know, I saw those kicking around. And then they both turn to the third guy, um, and they're like, oh, what did you bring? And the third guy says, uh, I brought the door so we could roll the windows down when it gets hot. And it pans out, and this guy is just standing next to the door, um, but he'd taken off the car and, like, brought down to the ground. And he's, like, you know, giving a shitty grin at his girlfriend, his girl, like, pans over to his girlfriend, and her arms are crossed, and he's like, put it back. Um, and like, you know, he was like, all right. And then he has to go fucking screw the, screw the door back in. Cause you know, this is during the respective years when, when the car still looks nice, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, w- I was just thinking of a, uh, another post credit scene of, um, it's, uh, a young guy in a car dealership and he's signing some papers and the salesman's like, so, like, what do you think? Are you excited about your new your new truck? And the guy's like, man, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. This is my first truck, and it's the last truck I'll ever buy. And then, and then it cuts to the end. Oh, well, are you implying, like, it, it, it pans out and there's the car, bef- like, fresh well, off the lot? Yeah, like, the camera pans over to out the window of the lot and park right there with the window sticker and everything. It's just yep. a gleaming... Because p- by this point in the story, we're yeah, used to a scene of it. a fucking Hulk. Yeah. And then it just pans back to this gleaming, shiny truck. I think I think that's a really good way to end things. Yeah, this was great. We should do this more often. Yeah, because you know what? When you're just talking about it and putting it on tape or card i guess mm-hmm. it's a lot it's Easier. less intimidating than trying to write it down yeah just imagine it. yeah mm-hmm.